Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another segment of One Word with Miss Liz. And our one word for this week is mercy. Today, we're going to talk about mercy triumphs over judgment. And on uh, yesterday, uh, we read the last part of James 2.13, and it says uh, the whole verse. Let me just read the whole verse. It says this, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And when we're looking for the meeting, you know, from from scriptures, it's always important to look at the context of the scripture. This whole chapter, uh, the whole matter of fact, the whole book of James is a letter from the Apostle James to the church about practical Christian living. Not only does it deal with how to respond to God, but also how to maintain a Christ-like relationship with others. So the first half of chapter two, uh, which includes uh, verse 13, addresses favoritism. In my Amplified Bible, the heading says the sin of partiality. You know, some believers were showing partiality towards the rich at the expense of the poor. And we can see that from verses 1 through 9. Matter of fact, let's just read verses 1 through 9 from the NIV version. The heading in my NIV says, Favoritism Forbidden. So let's read. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and you say to him, here's a good seat for you, but you say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor, Is it not the rich who you are exploiting? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in the scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, your sin uh, will be convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Then James goes on to speak about the law and how breaking even one of uh, God's commandments makes one guilty of breaking all of them. 
One infraction is all it takes to make one a lawbreaker. And we see that in verses 10 uh, and 11. While some of the church may have seen favoritism as a lesser sin, James informed them that any sin, no matter how small it seems, constitutes breaking the entirety of God's law for his people. So James 2, 12 and 13 fit uh, right into the flow of the previous verses. Verse 12 says, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. James reminds the believers that they are no longer held under the old law. Instead, they are under a new law of freedom that was established through Jesus' death and resurrection. Born-again believers are under the new covenant. This liberty which comes through the gospel of Christ gives us freedom from the power of sin. We should live our lives in such a way, says James, that proves that you expect to answer to God someday for your actions. No believer will be able to excuse his sin by saying, I couldn't help it. Because the cross of Christ did away with that bondage. We are under the law of liberty now. So James 2.13, the thought is continued because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. We dare not violate the law of liberty in our hearts by withholding mercy from others. If we who have been shown such great mercy act unmerciful towards other people and our neighbors and our friends and whoever, then we will be dealt with in a similar fashion. James made the same point in the parable of the unforgiving, uh, not James, but Jesus, Jesus made the same point in the parable of the unforgiving steward, which is in Matthew 18. And the principle goes back to Solomon's time. Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. There are so many scriptures on this. Let's look at Proverbs 21, 13. Uh, James mentions mercy here. Uh, corresponds to his mention of love in verse 8. The royal law is to love your neighbor as yourself. Then we could also look at the Beatitudes. Jesus proclaims, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. And that's Matthew 5, 7. Then James gives the converse of that statement in James uh, 2.13, saying this in essence, Cursed are the unmerciful, for they will be shown no mercy. A Christian is not under God's curse. One of the qualities of the Christian is that he shows mercy and compassion towards others. So this brings us to the final statement of James 2.13, which is mercy triumphs over judgment. The ideal is that mercy glorifies or boasts against judgment. 
knowing that where mercy and judgment seem to have conflict, mercy will win. The good news for every child of God in Christ is that God's mercy toward us will triumph over his judgment of us. Our sins may argue against us, but Christ is our loving advocate who argues for us and prevents us from receiving the judgment we deserve. In turn, we must display God's type of mercy towards others. So James 13 tells us that since God will judge us with mercy, we should judge others with mercy. Being merciful is a act that shows our thankfulness for all God has done. And it is made possible through the help of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Now that's really good. We no longer have an excuse that it's hard to extend mercy because we now have the help of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. And I'll say it again, that is so good. So you don't have an excuse. We don't have an excuse. We can't say it's hard to extend mercy because we have a helper that dwells within us. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. And we're going to continue on with this the rest of the week. But take a look at James and see how when we are in a position to give judgment, how we can also extend that mercy. We let that go. We let that judgment go and we extend mercy. That's how mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's pray. Lord, forgive us when our favoritism ignores your grace and your standards and even your guidance, Lord. Help us to do what we do to glorify you, Father, and to remember you as our creator, as our sustainer, God, as our judge. May our expectations rest with you and may we remember your expectations of us, Father. Father, change your hearts. Fill us with a spirit of love and compassion. Free us from favoritism. Use us in the lives of others so that we may extend mercy to anyone and everyone, no matter their status in life. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for causing us to become your instruments of mercy. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me on today as we talk about mercy. So just kind of let this kind of roll around in your spirit as you go throughout the day. And, you know, even repeat the prayer. You know, the prayer is simple. You could bottom line the prayer with, Lord, thank you for making me an instrument of your mercy. We'll talk again on tomorrow.